Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Monday when we're still in an international break and there's just no crack to be had at all. Uh, we have seen some Liverpool players do exceptionally well during this international break. Obviously, Lucho for Colombia against Brazil, Darwin for Uruguay against Argentina, Mo just doing Mo Salah things, and then Dominic Zabozlai single-handedly leading his team to the Euros. He has been phenomenal for us and for Hungary. This season, this calendar year, he's been incredible for his national team. The guy just has it. He has that X factor where he's a special type of player who can win a match by himself. And we're very fortunate as Liverpool fans that we've seen a number of these players over the years. You go back to the 90s. You can go back earlier, but we'll we'll go to the 90s. Steve McManaman, Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen. They could win a match by themselves. They had that level of ability. Into Stan Collymore, for a brief spell with us, could do it as well. Into the 2000s and primarily Steven Gerrard as the one that could just win a game for us all by his lonesome. Nando could do it, but to a lesser extent. In the 2010s, Luis Suarez, unquestionably. Coutinho, for a brief time, Sterling. Daniel Sturridge. And then later, Sadio and Mo. And then now we still have Mo, still more than capable of doing it all by himself. And now we have Dominic. And there's just something about him. There's something about how dedicated he is, how confident he is in his own abilities, that mindset he has where anything other than winning is failure. We know he's got an incredible technical ability. That was never in doubt. I think we've all been thrilled to see just how hard he works off the ball and his capabilities off the ball, which are obviously very important in a Jurgen Klopp team. Like we knew coming in, he was going to be an enormous upgrade 
on what was in that position on the ball. But he's also been an enormous upgrade in what was in that position off the ball, both in terms of pressing and defensive work. Off the ball, he reminds me of Ox pre-knee injury. Like that same type of incredible uh, incredible engine, that powerful burst of speed, that willingness to do what's needed for the team. Klopp targeted Ox to play that role. Like Jürgen had a very clear plan in midfield. We didn't sign players for 35, 40 and 58 million to be squad players. Jürgen's plan in midfield was Ox, Fabinho and Naby with Ginny able to cover all three positions and then Henderson for depth. That was the plan. Whether people like to accept it or not, that was the plan. And injuries kept Henderson in the team. Injuries to Ox, injuries to Ginny. Or not Ginny, sorry, injuries to Naby. Ginny didn't get hurt. Getting hurt was for other people. But that was the plan for midfield. And now you look at things and Alexis can do a lot of the things Naby could do on and off the ball. Dominic is an upgrade, but an approximation of Ox. Curtis Jones has been molded into that Ginny type of play anywhere across the midfield type of player. We've got Ryan Gravenberg, obviously. The sixth midfielder back in the day was obviously Milner. Endo is kind of our Milner now, that more experienced older head who you'd question whether he's actually good enough or not, but the manager seems to like him. And he can play a couple of positions. So all that's really lacking is the fab, the new Fabinho. And hopefully we'll address that either in January or next summer. But then he'll have the same type of midfield group that he wanted originally and was denied through injuries. But with Dominic, what makes him stand out, which we didn't have in that last group, it could have been Naby, but injuries and whatever else is a, a real superstar, like a real match winner in midfield, a guy who could just grab a game by the scruff and drive his team over the line. We've lacked that type of midfielder for a long time, but we have it now. And you can see it with how he resonates with people. Like he's adored in his homeland. He's idolised. They'll build statues about that kid. They'll put him in conversations with the truly great Hungarian players of the past, like Puskas. That's the level he'll be held to. And he embraces it all. It doesn't It doesn't weigh heavy on him. You often hear people say that the Liverpool jersey can be a heavy one and certain players will buckle under the pressure. That kid's come in taken an iconic shirt number and he's been outstanding so far. And when you see what he does for his national team and what he's going to be able to do for us when we put the right pieces around him, it really is reason to be very, very optimistic about our future. Just having 
a guy like him who's almost certain to develop into a world-class player. And in the post-Mo era, whenever that begins, hopefully not for three or four more years, Dominic will be, I think, our leading man at that point. If Mo was to stay another three to four years, Dominic could be 26, 27 when Mo leaves, right into his prime and more than capable of taking over that mantle. Now, he'd, he'd likely have to take it over in the interim because at some point Mo, Mo will start to slip and even a 80% Mo Salah is still going to be better than most players in the league. But at that point, that's where Dominic takes over. And at that point, he can really establish himself. And he seems to have Mo's work ethic, Mo's intensity. Like Salah is... We, we heard for years nonsense about role models and setting standards, and it's all, all of it was horseshit. The lads that set the standards at this club have been the likes of Mo and Mane and Virgil. And to say otherwise is very, very insulting to those players. Because when the other lads were setting standards, we were a mid-table team. When they were the main guys, we were a mid-table team. We became a great team when world-class players turned up and raised the standards. And they raised them to a level that those those other lads couldn't keep up to and weighed us down and cost us titles, cost us Champions Leagues. If we had players, all of whom were stepping up to Mo Salah's level, we'd have dominated everything. And... When you see a guy like Dominic come in and embrace that, you see a youngster even like Stefan Besetic talking about the influence that Mo has had on him in terms of gym work, in terms of putting in that extra effort. Like It's not about being there on time and taking people's phones off them and then finding them 50 quid for, not, for, for having their phone on them. That's just nonsense. That's utter nonsense. That, that, that's, not, that's not leadership at all. Leadership is putting down a marker. Leadership is leading by example, showing what's necessary to perform at the very highest level week after week, month after month, year after year. And that's what Mo Salah does. And he's the one that I want our young players looking up to. He's the one I want Dominic and Gravenberg and Besetic and all of these players to be basing what they do off of. But in Dominic, we have a player, I think, who's got absolutely everything in terms of on-field and off-field to go down as a true great for this club. Uh, On to this is Anfield. Henry, Henrold, sometimes Hank Jackson, known to those that might take issue with some of his pro-English tweets as Union Jackson, but a good guy overall. Um, He's put together a piece about Liverpool FC's player ratings the season so far. Everyone's average rating. So minimum five appearances in all competitions in 20th position last uh, with an average rating of a flat six out of 10 is Costa Simicus. Uh, 10 appearances, eight starts. It's, it's absolutely fair to say he has had a very poor start to the season. But he did look much better against Brentford, and hopefully that's the start of a decent run. Uh, Then we've got Cody Gakbo, also on six. 
14 appearances, nine starts. Cody has not played well this season. There's just no way to get around it. He hasn't been helped by some of the decisions to play him in midfield, though I did think he looked he looked pretty good in midfield in his last game against Brentford. But he just hasn't he hasn't performed. And it's funny that you know you go back March, April time, and people were saying, Oh, well, we should sell Darwin because we've got Cody now. I doubt you could find anyone that would swap Darwin for Cody at this point. Um, 18, also number six, also, sorry, a rating of six, uh, 13 appearances, eight starts with Turo Endo. He hasn't been good. Like he hasn't been good. He doesn't look like he's good enough. He was better against Brentford. This fascination people have, like there's just times you see people latch on to a certain staff that, they don't really understand and decide that that's the be all and end all and repeat it over and over and over again. So with Turo Endo's ground jewel numbers, obviously not particularly great, but then he tell part of the story. Endo was a lot better against Brentford than he has been in other games. Was he good enough? That's questionable. He was good enough on the day. He was good enough on the day. Is he good enough long-term? Probably not. Probably not. But, you know, it is what it is. We signed him. We have him. He's going to... Uh, 17, Alexis McAllister. 15 appearances. I assume that's meant to be 12 starts. 6.5 out of 10. Very unfair to judge him at all right now because... He's been wasted by Jürgen. It is a nonsense to continue to play him as a six. Curtis would make much more sense in that role and then push Alexis back into his natural number eight position. Alexis is a better eight than Curtis. Curtis is more suited to that number six position than Alexis. He'll add more athleticism. He'll add more pace. He'll add more size, more strength. That makes sense as a midfield group. Dominic, Curtis and Alexis right to left. Then you move Trent into midfield. You go Curtis with Trent as a double pivot. Push Alexis and Dominic forward into those advanced kind of number 10 roles. That's where you'll get more, a lot more out of Alexis. For now, we are, we well, we are not wasting him. The manager's wasting him. Uh, Ryan Graven, seven. I think that's a little bit generous. He's had a couple of poor performances, but he has had a couple of good performances, uh, particularly to lose at home. 12 appearances, 7 starts. He hasn't performed yet against the Premier League team. That's the the be-all and end-all of it. He's been good in the Europa and against Leicester. He's been average to poor against Premier League opposition. So, a lot of work to do. A lot defensively he needs to improve. But there's no doubting the talent. I mean, the technical ability is is off the scale. He's, He's nearly Dominic level in terms of technical ability. And if he figures out how to become more of a team player, how to integrate himself more into the system, how to be a little more proactive and a little more selfless in possession, I think then we'll start to see the, the talent that the kid is capable of. Fifteenth, uh, Luis Diaz, seven. 14 appearances, 10 starts. He's been up and down. 
he's been really up and down. You'd like to see more in terms of creativity, but he hasn't quite got back to the levels where he was a year ago before the Arsenal injury. So hopefully, you know, multiple surgery or multiple injuries, then the stuff with his dad, there's been a lot for him to deal with. That performance against Argentina, though, does does hopefully point to him recapturing his very best form. Uh, Ibu, 11 appearances, 8 starts, 7 out of 10. I think that's a fair a fair score. He has become a little bit concerning in terms of the injuries. Now, we knew buying him that we were going to have to manage him very carefully because he, he arrived with you know, with a hip that had been surgically repaired and a couple of other issues, an ankle problem and a couple of muscular issues. He's being asked to do far too much in this system. He's been asked to play as a centre-back, a right-back and a right-wing-back at times. It just not, it's not good. When he's on, he's great. When he's on his game, he is as good a centre-back as there is in England who's not named Virgil van Dijk. Like, Ibu at his best might be the second best defender in the league. But he does have the odd shaky game. But he's still very young. And he's often in and out of the team. So I think that's a seven is a fair result. Uh, Joe Gomez, seven. 18 appearances. Sorry, 15 appearances, eight starts. Joe has been much better this season than he was in the previous two. Uh, He looks back to close to his best, not quite where he was in the title-winning season, but close enough. He's done really well at right-back, some pretty well at centre-back, not so much at left-back, but like for me, I would be in favour of Joe being our starting right-back moving forward and moving to a four-box two with Trent permanently playing in midfield and and stopping the nonsense, the galaxy-brained nonsense, and just playing Mo and Darwin up front with Dominic and Alexis behind them, Trent and Curtis as a double pivot, Joe, Ibu, Virgil, and whichever left-back wins the job while Robbo's out. I think that system would also suit Virgil more, would suit Ibu more would suit Robbo more when he comes back. But, you know, galaxy brains. Uh, number 12, Gerald Kwanzaa, 7.5. Nine appearances, five starts. He's been he's been very, very good. He's been very, very good. I'm not sure why his rating isn't higher. I'm not sure how there's been <clears throat> 11 players who've gained a higher average rating than him. Now, a couple more will have 7.5. And maybe it's just that they've played a bit more, so their rating is off a bigger sample size. But Kwanzaa has been very, very impressive. Uh, number 11, Harvey Elliott. Uh, 16 appearances, 7 starts, 7.5. Harvey's been excellent off the bench and poor when starting. Generally poor when starting. He's had a couple of decent starts, but not... No good starts as yet. But off the bench, he's been very, very good. Uh, Joel Matip. 12 appearances, 10 starts, 7.5. Joel is also back to a better version of himself. 
Uh, he was poor last year, poor the end of the previous season. He's back playing at a good level. Out of contract in the summer. I, I think we should be moving him on. Bring in another centre-back. You have Kwanzaa there. You have Gomez. You have the, the starters. That's a strong group of five. Um, Trent, 14 appearances, 11 starts, 7.5. That feels generous to me. Defensively, he's been atrocious. His attitude still stinks at times. On the ball, we know what he's capable of. I mean, he's an unbelievable passer of the ball. But at times, his decision-making isn't great. And there's a little bit of hero ball sometimes that just isn't needed. Uh, Number eight, Andy Robertson. Eight out of ten. Eight appearances, eight starts. Um, an injury to Robertson has arguably made us forget how well he was playing before his shoulder setback. Andy Robertson didn't start the season well. He had a couple of good games, but he had a couple of absolute stinkers as well. Very much hit and miss in that role. So, little bit of a strange one there. Uh, number seven, this one should be higher. Nine appearances, seven starts for an eight out of ten. Uh, average rating for Curtis Jones. For me, we haven't had six players. Well, maybe we have. But Curtis has been very, very good this season. Like, Curtis and Robertson have Curtis and Robertson having the same rating, to me, is just wrong. Curtis has been significantly better than Andy Robertson this season. Uh, right, there haven't been six players better than Curtis because Diogo Jota... Also gets 8 out of 10, 16 starts, sorry, 16 appearances, 10 starts. 8 out of 10 is very generous, and that's where people vote or rate based on goals. And he has 8 goals this season. Um, No assists, because, you know, passing is for other people. Um, He's had some stinkers. He has had some absolute stinkers. He's played well recently, but he was scoring and playing poorly for a while there. Uh, Darwin, I mean, Darwin's just been flat out better than Jota. So how he's the same grade of an 8 out of 10, I don't know. But 17 starts, 17 appearances, 9 starts, 7 goals and 5 assists. He has missed some sitters. He's been great, though. He's been really, really good. He is definitely one of our five best players this season. I would say Curtis number six. The top four... It's very hard to say who you would pick as the best. Ali, Mo, Dominic and Virgil have all been incredible. And I think it is completely subjective who you would pick as the the best player for us so far this season. I think you could pick any of them and make a strong case for it. Uh, Dominic is fourth in this list. 17 appearances, 13 starts, 8.5 uh, overall rating. Um He's been brilliant. He just, he's been absolutely brilliant. He's had one or two iffy games of late, uh, though he was good against Bournemouth, or Brentford, rather. Um, Jürgen's just overplayed him a little bit to date, so hopefully that will settle itself down. Uh, number three, they've gone Mo Salah. 17 appearances, 14 starts, 12 goals, four assists. He's just he's a machine. 8.5, same as Dominic. He's absolutely incredible. Uh, number two on this list, they've gone Virgil. 
11 appearances, 11 starts, 9 out of 10. He is back to not quite his 18-19 best, but no centre-back has ever been that good. He's not quite at the 19-20 level, which was a notch below, but I do think he's a notch above 21-22. And 21-22, he was the best centre-back in the world by a comfortable margin. He's back to being the very best on the planet. And there's just, there's little moments you see in games, like against Brentford when he kept pace with Mbomo, that outrageous tackle he made playing for the Netherlands in midweek. Little things that we hadn't seen from him in a couple of years, he's now back doing. Um, He's the best centre-back in the world. He's the best centre-back the Premier League has ever seen. He's one of the best centre-backs the game has ever seen. And other than Baresi and Nesta, in the last 40 years, there just hasn't been a better centre-back. And I think he's within touching distance of both. If he continues to play at this level for another two to three years, there's a real case he's the best centre-back that's ever lived. There really is. He's that good. He's so complete. Like, Baresi for me is the best centre-back who's ever lived, but... Baresi was 5'9", didn't dominate in the air the way Virgil does, couldn't pass as well as Virgil. Nesta had everything Virgil has defensively, wasn't quite as dominant aerially, wasn't quite as quick, wasn't as good on the ball. Like, skill set-wise, we've never seen anybody as perfect as Virgil. And it does always make me laugh when Rio Ferdinand tries to pretend that he was Virgil of his era. Rio, if you ever hear this, you were good. You were never great. You were never great. You were carried by better teammates. And your position among the best Premier League centre-backs of all time is laughable. You don't even make the top 10. You don't. You don't even make the top 10. So... You know, Merry Christmas. Um, number one then is Alison Becker. Uh, also nine out of ten, like Virgil. Thirteen appearances, thirteen starts, five clean sheets. Somehow, despite at times being wide open, we have the joint best defensive record in the league. Now, the, the somehow is Virgil Van Dyke and Alison Becker. Um, they've been phenomenal. They have just been incredible. Ali is the best keeper the league has ever seen. He just is. There's no there's no arguments anymore. You can keep Peter Schmeichel, you can keep David Seaman, Edwin van der Sar, Petr Cech, Thibaut Courtois. You can take them all, you can wrap them up with a nice bow on them, and you can fuck off all the way with them. They're not nearly the goalkeeper that this fella is. Not nearly. Like, he's good at everything. He's not good at everything. He's great at everything. There is no weakness in this game. There is absolutely no weakness in his game. All of those other goalkeepers had one significant flaw, which Michael couldn't play the ball on the floor. Just couldn't. Same with Czech. Not comfortable with the ball at his feet. With Courtois, at times, he could become a little bit flappy. Now, he's certainly since going to Real, he has rounded his game a lot more. 
He's also improved with the ball at his feet significantly. He was shaky in that aspect at Chelsea. He's never been a particularly good communicator, whereas Ali is outstanding in that regard. Uh, David Seaman, never as good 1v1 as Ali, never as good with his feet as Ali, but a you know, great shot stopper and great in terms of dealing with crosses. Um, Edwin van der Sar, again, I suppose he was good with his feet, not great. But van der Sar on, on crosses, because he was like so, so long and skinny, you'd often find him just having trouble negotiating his way through or navigating his way, th- way through the, the cluster of bodies. Whereas I think Allison's willingness to come and punch, whereas van der Sar would come and try and catch everything, which is it has its merits, but can often lead to an error. Van der Sar, if van der Sar had come to England earlier, I do think it'd be more of a conversation. He was obviously great for United, but like his, he spent a lot of his best years with Ajax and Juve. And the only reason Juve sold him was because they had had the opportunity to buy Gigi Buffon, who I think is the greatest goalkeeper has ever lived. Um, But yeah, I mean, Ali, absolutely fair as our player of the year so far. Virgil, Mo, and Dominic all have cases without question, but I think it's fair to go with Ali. Um, there's a really good piece here on uh, this is Anfield. Um, it's basically uh, David Lynch talking about how lucky he's been in his career following Liverpool, the club he supports, covering them for a living. Um It's a really good piece. It's a really, really good piece. So I would I would recommend giving that uh, a read whenever you have a chance. Just take five minutes out of your day and give that a read. It's very, very good. Um, there's a piece about Dominic here. There's a piece about Curtis, which is good. Andy Robertson has given an update on his injury and says the sur- surgery was a success. There's a piece about Liverpool's poor record in 12.30 kickoffs. There is a quiz, which is quite quite good and quite worth your while. Um, there's another good piece, actually, which I think Joanna Dirk... Yeah, no, Jack Lowsby put together. Uh, 12 Liverpool players and their footballing brothers, uh, which is really worth having a look at. Um, I would bet... Some of them have brothers that you didn't know about. I would bet some of them have brothers you didn't know about. Um, some of them are really interesting, actually. And then there's one player who hasn't played for the senior team yet. He's under 21 player who has two brothers who are also in uh, the youth setup. I think there's actually a couple. Um, right, let's go to. Oh, Bobby Clark also got an injury boost, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to see him play some first team games at some point this season. Because I really do think that kid might have something about him. There's a lot of talent. And that pa- that pass he played to Darwin last season just lives rent free in my head. Um. 
Leo Messi has given praise to Darwin, which is always nice to see. It's a piece about Alonso, a piece about Salah, a piece about Harvey. Um, Man City title stripped or points deducted. Um, point titles should be titles should be stripped without question. Take away the titles because they, <clears throat> they won them cheating. There's there's twelve of the last twenty Premier League titles that were were won as a result of cheating. Take them all away. Uh, Jose Mourinho prediction already true about coach who could succeed Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. Let's have a look at that. I, I assume that's about Alonso. It is. It's about Alonso. Mourinho is might be chairman of the Xavi Alonso fan group. As uh, a piece about Virgil, a piece about Rafinha who's been linked, and I wouldn't be against that at all. Um, there's a piece about Fabio Carvalho, a piece about Steven Gerrard embarrassing himself and you know showing that he's a complete sellout, uh, stating that we call Cristiano the GOAT. Well, you, on the overlap with Gary Neville, said Messi was the better player. You have a son called Leo, who, now maybe you named him after the lion, but I doubt it. I have this theory that Gerard and his missus, I think it's Alex, I think it's Alex, uh, that they came to an agreement on Leo. Her thinking it's DiCaprio, him thinking it's Messi, and both of them just carry on regardless. But he has said multiple times, Lionel Messi is the greatest player of all time. And frankly, only really stupid people think Cristiano's even in that conversation. So uh, Gerard has just sold out for the money in Saudi, which is a shame because, you know, you already had loads of money, Stevie. This is beneath you. Um, Liverpool can target Man City weakness. Liverpool Aces reversed a 108-game injury record and it should influence Jurgen Klopp decision. Uh, there we go. So that's everything that's there. On to AnfieldIndex.com. There is a piece about Pesetic, a piece about Gerard talking about Henderson, um, telling lies about Henderson, really. Um, there's a piece about Zabozlai, a piece about Mo. And a piece about Virgil and Jurgen potential new contract talks. Podcast wise, we had a very busy weekend. So there's a pro plus with Dave Davis uh, talking to Tom Robertson about Darwin, Alex, uh, Alexis rather, Lucho and Allison. There is a Scouser Tommies with Jim and Jay called Blue Mood talking about the Ev and the temper tantrums. There is another Pro Plus with Dave Davis, James McKean, and Mark Evans uh, talking about Liverpool's defence. There is a Positivity podcast, which is out. And then there is a podcast entitled A Tremendous Set of Lads. It is episode 373 of the Anfield Index podcast. It is the 10-year anniversary of Anfield Index, 10 years to the day of Anfield Index podcasts. And it's myself and Trev just having a chat about how, how it all started, what it's been like uh, for 10 years doing this, uh, why we do it, how we do it, when we do it, 
it's a really good chat for two hours. So if you want to hear two Irishmen ramble for two solid hours, and you should want to hear it because it's important, give it a listen. I think it's a triumph. <laughs> I do. I think it's a triumph. Uh, and it's entitled a tremendous set of lads because the people involved at Anfield Index, whether it's Gags, Eddie, Greg, Nina, Guy, all the podcasters, the people on Discord, all the listeners, whoever. If you've played any slight part, bar one or two people, bar one or two people who won't name, but I still hold grudges, so don't think I've forgotten. Bar one or two, we have been blessed to have had a tremendous set of lads. And in lads, I include the ladies. I include all of them, from Nina to Ray to Gay to Enzo to Lisa Marie, all of them. All of the women who have contributed to Anfield Index over the years, I include you when I say a tremendous set of lads. It's been an absolute blast for 10 years. It really has. And hopefully, it's around a lot longer. I'll be here tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.